0: Now, the Israelites had not given much thought to God for a long time, but as is so often the case when we are in pain and struggling, they began to cry out to God for help. God hears their cries and, through a prophet, reminds them of all he had done for them and reminds them too that it was their choice to turn their backs on him. And then, as sometimes happens, he responds in an unexpected way. In this case, by coming to one of the most unlikely characters in all of Israel, a man named Gideon, who we are told was threshing wheat on a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And that simple little statement actually tells us something important about Gideon. Gideon is afraid very afraid, afraid that the Midianites are going to be watching him, afraid that they'll see any dust that's created by threshing the wheat in the normal way out in the open, afraid they'll attack. He's so fearful that he doesn't want them to know he's got any wheat at all and so he's keeping things low profile. Threshing wheat in a wine press is an awkward slow process. He's being what you could describe as ultra-cautious. Now we're told this because it's crucial to the story that we get the right picture of Gideon. Gideon is not some action hero. No, Gideon is a nervous man, a man who feels out of his depths. He's trying to go unnoticed. So he's threshing wheat in a winepress, not just to keep it out of the hands of the Midianites, but because he's absolutely terrified. But this is who God's messenger comes to with the words, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, a mighty warrior isn't how Gideon would classify himself. And so his reply tries to shift the focus from himself and put the ball back in God's court. Pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. In many ways, Gideon is speaking from a place of pain and fear. His life feels out of control and his nation is being oppressed and we can perhaps understand where he's coming from because sometimes we are in that place where our life seems out of control and we have those sorts of questions. Where are you God? Why would you let this happen? I thought you cared. For those times when our circumstances threaten to overwhelm, I believe God's response to Gideon is something we can hold on to because God is reminding him of a fundamental of his faith and ours, a truth to be held on to no matter what happens. Whatever the circumstances are, one thing doesn't change, and it's this the Lord is with you. Circumstances come and go, circumstances change, but God doesn't. God is faithful. Sometimes we are so focused on our circumstances that they become the lens through which we see all things, including God. We let our circumstances change what we believe about God rather than looking at our circumstances in the context of what we believe and know of God. Then the Lord said to Gideon, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? God is basically reminding him that you're not in this alone. Never have been. I am with you. Oh, and by the way, I have a job for you to do. But Gideon does a very human thing. He hesitates. Whether God is with him or not, he doesn't see himself capable of of being what God's asked him to be, a saviour. He doesn't see himself as a, a mighty warrior. In fact, he's found a way of viewing himself that he's okay with. God, my clan is the weakest And I'm the weakest of my family. But God is having none of it and he says to him, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites as if they were but one man. And this is important, not just for Gideon, but for you and for me. It doesn't matter how we perceive ourselves, what we consider to be our capabilities or our lack of them. God sees our potential, and what he can accomplish through us and what we are unlikely to accomplish on our own, what's unthinkable on our own, becomes achievable when we recognise it's not just us alone, but God with us. But before he gets to saving the people from the Midianites, God tells Gideon to tear down an altar that was built to the god Baal a tribal god worshipped by many of the other people in the region. Now, Baal worship was associated not only with a great deal of superstition, but also prostitution and, most horrifically of all, infant sacrifice. It was a scary religion. There was no connection between the worship of Baal and things like justice or mercy or forgiveness or peace. God is basically saying, This kind of worship has nothing to do with me, so Gideon, we are going to make a stand. And to do that, I want you to tear down an altar to Baal. And not just any old altar, but the one built by your father. We need to get back to basics. Now, I don't think Gideon had stood up to his father before. Remember, he said, I am the least in my family. I'm the weakest in my family. Nevertheless, Gideon does as God asks, but maybe not quite in the way we'd expect with God on his side. After all, he is Gideon, so he becomes it all becomes a low-profile operation. We're told because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. But there's an investigation and someone clipes, someone tells that it was Gideon and everybody wants his father to deal with him and deal with him harshly. Actually, they were calling for his death. But his father says to the men of the town, you know what, if Baal really is a god, then he can take care of himself. And that's probably not the response the people and indeed Gideon was expecting. But then it was God's plan and a sign for Gideon that God was with him. Now, while all this is happening, the Midianites and other tribes come together to attack. And so God calls Gideon to go up against the Midianites to to free his people. But Gideon is scared again, and so he responds, Lord, if, not when, but if, I just want to check I've got this right, God. If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, then I'm going to set this fleece out. Make the fleece wet in the morning with dew, but make the ground round it all dry as a miraculous sign so I can know that you will really do this. Now, I want you to know that in this case, Gideon setting out a fleece was not a positive thing. God had already promised Gideon he was with him in this. And despite his survival after the altar incident, it seems Gideon isn't going to take God at his word. Setting out the fleece was not an expression of Gideon's trust. And I say that because God is gracious and he does as Gideon asks. He gives him his sign, gives the assurance he seeks. But Gideon being Gideon says, can I just check that one more time? But do it the other way round: dry fleece, wet grass. And so for a second time, God does as Gideon asks. And finally, on seeing this, Gideon sends out a call to nearby tribes to, to join him. And he recruits 32,000. And the problem is that the Midianites have an army of 135,000. And immediately, Gideon recognises that he has a problem. But things look as if they're going to be okay because God also recognizes the problem. The enemy has 135 troops, get Gideon, he says. You have 32. You've got a problem. You can imagine the relief that Gideon feels, but then God says something unexpected. Your 32,000 is too many. So I want you to get rid of some of your soldiers. And here's how you do it. I want you to send home everybody that's afraid. You can almost imagine the next scene. The men are gathered together, probably expecting some kind of inspiring speech. And Gideon says, anybody afraid? If so, just leave. Well, they don't have to be asked twice. 22,000 go home and Gideon is now left with 10,000 soldiers. And God says, Gideon, still too many. Let's see what we can do. And in the second round of cuts, the number was reduced to 300. And the reason for God cutting down the numbers, because God wanted this generation to recognize that any victory was going to be his doing rather than theirs. So that they would see that God was still with them and put aside those little man-made gods that they had turned to from the surrounding cultures and turn back to and trust in the one true God. And that's what happens. Of course it's Gideon who's leading the very small army, so God provides yet another miraculous sign to bolster his courage. And then we're told that the Midianites all run off in in a way that no one could ever have foreseen, and Israel is free. And then the people realise that God is indeed with them, that what they face doesn't have to be faced in their own strength. Now, Gideon's story isn't done, other things happen, but meantime, we're going to leave it there and if you want to know the whole story read judges chapter 6 to 8 but for now i want to highlight a couple of things gideon's story is not just about the deliverance of god's people but rather something more personal namely gideon's struggle to believe god's promise that he is not alone that he is not solely reliant on his own strength, that God's strength is there to be drawn on in those times when we lack confidence, when fear threatens to overwhelm. Now, I want to point out that Gideon is not the only person in the Bible who has confidence issues or wrestles with fear. Pretty much all the giants of faith do. Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, Elijah, Peter, and all the disciples. In fact, the single most common command in the Bible is, as I've said before, fear not. Don't be afraid. And the number one reason given for not fearing is because I am with you, God says. You're not alone. And I think that in life, there are times that we need to hear that because I'm pretty sure there have been times when each of us have had confidence issues or wrestled with worry or got more than a little anxious. We wake up in the morning and sometimes we feel overwhelmed by all the stuff we think we've got to do and don't feel confident enough to do. We sit and think about all the problems that we don't know how to solve and all of the really important outcomes that we cannot control. And sometimes we feel a lot like Gideon, fearful, wanting to hide, feeling inadequate to the task, wanting to back away. And it's in those times when we let our circumstances inform our understanding of God that we can become overwhelmed. All God asks of us is to go forward in the strength we have and recognize that he is with us. In Hebrews chapter 11, we find these words to take into the week with us. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me?